Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in for the Hootsard Huddle podcast presented by HootsardHuddle.com. It's the pot of open discussion and open dialogue. We talk about a handful of topics that fall under the blanket of sports, entertainment, politics, and business. These are my friends, my people, my fam. You are now inside the huddle. Bringing in Michael Hotard back for another episode of the Hotard Huddle podcast. I will be joined today by two of my good friends, Danny Hillman, Matt Labatou, for some NFL draft talk as the NFL draft is among us. Just a couple of weeks out, we're going to talk about some of the biggest storylines heading into the draft, including the quarterback situation with a handful of guys who could potentially go in the top 10. Before recording this, we weren't sure of what was going to happen with the third overall pick that is San Francisco. So if you'd like to listen to a couple of schmucks who clearly don't have the inside information of Adam Schefter talk about how the 49ers won't take Mac Jones, well, you can listen to that here and make fun of us at your pleasure. Here's a message from my sponsor. Hi, I'm Michael Hotard, creator of the Hotard Huddle and host of this awesome pod. In today's world of disinformation and misinformation, what if I told you there's an easy way to be informed about where you spend your money? Cluey Consumer. Download Cluey Consumer in the App Store or visit their website, clueyconsumer.com. Cluey can help you be an informed and conscious consumer. The app allows you to search for brands that you buy from every single day. The best part, it's totally free. The creators of Cluey Consumer hope to one day cover every purchase and every social, environmental, and political impact of those purchases. For example, my family frequently shops at Publix. With Cluey, I know that 73% of Publix political ad campaign spending goes to Republicans. The app doesn't have bias. It doesn't tell you how or where to purchase goods from. It just allows you to see exactly where that dollar could be going. Download Cluey Consumer today for free and become a more informed consumer. That's Cluey Consumer, C-L-U-E-Y Consumer. And again, totally free in the App Store. For more information, visit ClueyConsumer.com. Michael Hotar back once again, joining me for another special NFL draft edition of the podcast. As I talked about in the intro here, I have my two good friends, Matt Labatou, Danny Hillman, and uh, first and foremost, excited to have you guys back. We're missing uh, our our fourth uh, and final friend of this episode, so hopefully we will have my buddy Cortland back for the mock draft, which we will do in a couple of weeks after this releases, but we did this last year. Uh, but on this episode, we're just going to focus on some general draft talk, some storylines, some big things happening around the NFL. Uh, but first and foremost, guys, welcome back to the pod. I'm excited to have you on. Excited to be here, man. Welcome to 2021 draft. Right. It's Can't believe it's already been a year since 2020 draft. Right. Like it popped up on my memories the other day. I was like, oh shit, we got to do that again. <laughs> but uh, my Super Bowl. So this is the most excited I'm, I'm going to be the entire football season. Boy, wait, what was the first part that cut out? I'm sorry. What'd you say? As a Jags fan, this is the, the draft might as well be my Super Bowl. <laughs> so, so, guys, I, I just want to f- say this first and foremost. I'm surprised it took Danny two words to say jags um on this <laughs> podcast i mean wow it's a big year for them dude bless your heart danny but uh let's go ahead and get started so um this year's draft is going to be interesting it's looking like it's going to be very quarterback and wide receiver heavy in the first round the talent pool is deep uh, i mean i think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick for the Jags and the New York Jets are on the clock, but let's start there. Let's start with the quarterbacks in this draft. Um, So with Trevor Lawrence, assuming off the board, 
Uh, before we dive into the others, I mean, are we in consensus here that Trevor Lawrence is the guy in this draft as far as quarterbacks go? Danny, you're you're the Jags fan. We'll start with you. He damn well better be. <laughs> if, if he's not, I'm not a Jags fan after after that pick. Um, it, no, it's we all say the draft. There's no such thing as a sure thing, right? Um, and I'm not saying that he is, but from a prospect standpoint no don't sit there and try to talk yourself out of it by thinking you're smarter than you are the moment that they say the Jags are on the clock they should already be standing up there and just you know the hell with pageantry or showman showmanship just Trevor Lawrence go get a jersey there we go yeah that's it Matt what about you I mean are we are do you agree that this is the number one quarterback in this draft if I'm the Jags, do you even fill out a card at this point? Do you just like give Roger Goodell like a thumbs up? Like, hey, that's that's the guy. I, don't, I mean, I don't even think it's close. I think he's the guy. He's shown what he can do ever since he was a freshman stepping up to beat Alabama. Nothing else to prove is today's quarterback with the rocket arm and the mobility. It's, he's a guy, no doubt. Well, you know what's, you know what's interesting about the whole Trevor Lawrence uh, phenomenon? So first and foremost, I have an incredible, I have a high man crush on Trevor Lawrence. Um, really since hair? really since that that first year where he won that national championship. But I, he's calm. He doesn't moments don't look too big for him, and that's a cliche you hear all the time in sports. But it's true. Um, you know, he he's very calm. He's cool. He's collected. He's polished. Um, he's got plenty on his resume from high school to college, and now as he jumps to the pros, I mean. I I joked about this and I half joked about this. If I'm a franchise, I would do a Ricky Williams for him if I could. I, I really would. I mean, I think he's going to be a franchise changer. Um, and it sucks that it's got to be the Jags, but you know, I, I do have hope for Trevor Lawrence. But, um, you know, one of the interesting things, though, is he has gotten criticism really within the last year questioning how good he is. And I, I don't know if the COVID season really hindered that, whatever the case may be. But, I, you know, when you look at last year's national championship, I think that's when the narrative started uh, as Clemson lost to LSU. First of all, they lost to the greatest college football team ever fielded, period. Um and, you know, in that game, I don't think Trevor Lawrence played bad. I think he threw a lot of balls in tight windows. There were a lot of third longs where maybe his receiver should have come down with it. Because one of the things I said during that game was, well, here's a, here's a major difference. One-on-one, -on -one, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, those guys are making plays when they have one-on-one -on -one coverage with those Clemson DBs and when it was tight coverage. Whereas on the flip side with Clemson, guys like Justin Ross, they weren't coming down with those big plays, and that's a testament to the tight coverage and LSU's defense. But I think Trevor Lawrence was good enough in that game. Um, he's fantastic. No question about it. I think he's the undoubted uh, best quarterback in this draft. Um so we're all in agreement there. Let's let's talk about number two. I mean, I feel like most mocks are now saying Zach Wilson. And I got to talk about this one clip that uh, recently went viral with Zach Wilson. It was that uh, clip of him throwing off balance, and it was a flick of the wrist, and he flung the fucking ball, what, 50, 55 yards downfield like it was nothing. Like it's when you think of quarterbacks in terms of how to describe him gamer, that's what that looked like. Um, but I'm curious to see Zach Wilson. So, I mean, what about you two? I mean, do you feel like that uh, he's going to be the one that goes number two to the jets? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah, I probably think so. Especially with the, uh, the jets coming out and not really, saying that Sam's going to be the guy and saying they're kind of fielding phone calls for him. So you get the feeling that Sam's kind of out of the, you know, out of the Jets organization. Uh, personally, I think it's because he's got that year coming up where you're going to have to pay him. Why sit there and pay him when you can get another guy who's your choice, who's your guy that you can take in the draft. So I think it's all day going to be uh, Zach Wilson. 
he's got the intangibles. He's got, you know, the rocket arm. He's got the look of the New York quarterback per se, uh, you know, just with the quarterback face. I like to call it. He's just quarterbacks are handsome. He's the first kid. <laughs> yeah, I love Colin Coward. So it's kind of from him, but uh, first kid on the playground picked for everything. But, you know, he's just, he's just got everything, that competitive spirit. The one thing I worry about, it's really only one year of big time production. But if you're going to have one year of big time production, it's a damn good year to have. So I think it's ultimately going to be Zach Wilson. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, you mentioned Sam Darnold. I want to jump back to that really quick before we get to Danny on this one. Um, You know, with Sam Darnold, like you said, in in addition to the contract, when you have a coaching change, when you have a new regime coming in there, it's like you're given this golden opportunity with a fresh start. So you're sitting there with the second pick. And obviously the Jets have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of pieces they need to add to that team to be good, but no one moves the needle more than quarterbacks. And if you hit on that big money quarterback, then, you know, you're, you're pretty much set. If he turns out to be a great NFL quarterback, you're never going to be necessarily in a bad spot. But uh, obviously I think Danny said this earlier, um, you know, nothing's a sure thing when it comes to the draft, even guys like Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, we'll see what happens with Zach Wilson if he does go to the Jets. Danny, let's let's turn it over to you. What Are, 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 they, are you sold that the Jets go with uh, Zach Wilson here? I'm probably 80-20. I think that uh, – I think it would be true Jets fashion to fumble it, and I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. And what I mean by but, that okay, is – Okay, if they fumble it, if they fumble it, quick question. Is it a butt fumble? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a right, cool as long as it's a butt fumble that's all that needs to be done dude you had that locked and loaded you got that way too quick off the chest the moment <laughs> i said that um but no i mean the reason why is i mean i got thinking about the other day you know when darnold was coming out of usc i liked darnold you know i was high on him i'm kind of low on zach wilson for the reasons that matt said you know one year of production um to me, I don't know. Honestly, you guys talk about he has the face of a quarterback. I think he has the punchable face of a quarterback. So I'll say he reminds me of like Zach Mettenberger slash like Jimmy Clausen. Like just, you know, he just <laughs> Jimmy something Clawson. about it. Um, like he just looks like, you know, um, that guy. If what I would do if I was the Jets, I don't know. I'm praying someone wants to come up and leapfrog the Niners I don't think that happens I do think they go with Wilson but honestly I would uh if it was me and it's not I would ride Darnold and I would take you know um Penny Sewell you know second overall it's not gonna happen I think Wilson's the pick but that's why they're the Jets yeah it's um you know it's again going back to I guess Darnold it's Sort of interesting um, because, I mean, Darnold, Darnold went one, if I'm not mistaken, correct? He went maybe three. Oh, three? No, was it Darnold one? was three. Three. That's I, how I forgettable Darnold. it was. Yeah, Baker was, that was one. That's right. Baker, that's right. That's right. Baker, Saquon, and uh, Darnold, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting that uh, so far. Well, I won't, I won't even say the Giants won that yet because – Saquon's been injured so much, no, but dude, the Bills won that. They got Josh Allen. Well, of course, but I mean, as far as those top three go. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, so I guess that leads us into the next question because we're uh, again, I want to start with the quarterbacks because that's obviously the most important part of this draft. So the Niners obviously made this big splash, uh, trading with the Dolphins, getting the third pick, um, and. That's I, I feel like every year, number one and two are pretty dead set for the most part, especially when there's quarterbacks involved and there's you know there's going to be multiple quarterbacks in the top five. So let's assume that it's not uh, Lawrence and Wilson. You know, let's say they're off the board. So that leaves you with Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, who I mean I think all are pretty much going to go in the first round this year. I think that's a safe bet. Um, well, yeah, that's where it becomes interesting. What the fuck are the Niners going to do? Um, 
And uh, I'll kind of springboard off of you guys. Danny, we'll start with you. Yeah, so it, everything we hear, right, is the Niners are good with whatever quarterback kind of falls into their lap at three now, right? Um, the Jets are probably taking Wilson. I feel like the Niners know that, you know, or are expecting it. I hear the Trey Lance talk, the Mac Jones talk, which, I mean, that one baffles me. Just stay where you Just were. Just look at Belichick's reaction, and that's reason enough to know yeah. don't pick Mac Jones. Yeah, I think I think that they're just going Justin Fields. Um, I know Trey Lance is popular when you think Shanahan, but Fields is more of a sure thing. Lance played one game last year, I think, before COVID. Um, I don't think that they're upset if the Jets take Fields and they wind up with Wilson. Uh, but it's just they gave up a lot to move to three, you know. Um the interesting thing that I, I thought about too is, you know, who's the Jets' new head coach? What, uh, Robert uh, Saleh, or however you say his last name? And, and yeah, where did he come from? Ex Forty Nine er. Yeah. So maybe there's a showing of the hands there. I'm not saying there is, um, but I feel like for them to make the move and give up that much to come up and get it, they have their guy. I think it's Fields, maybe it's Lance, but uh, I don't think it's Mac Jones. I don't know where that came from. You know, I just don't think he's he's it to move up that much, but I don't know. We'll see. So that's uh, – all right, so let me uh, let me ask this. I mean, Danny's already spoken on this, Matt. I'll, I'll feel this to you, like with Mac Jones. It seems like – Danny, to be fair, it seems like you'd be utterly surprised if Mac Jones was the guy at three, correct? I would just because I kind of feel like you could get them at 12, you know? Yeah. Um, no, and I, I agree I with that. You have to move up that much. Maybe, maybe to Philly at six, but not three. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I, and I guess with a preemptive trade before draft day, even, I mean, if you were looking to move up to get Mac Jones, maybe because the other quarterbacks were off the board at, you know, like eight, maybe like, sure. But yeah, I, I do agree. I don't, I'd be, I'd be pretty, I'd I'd scratch my head a little bit if the 49ers took took Mac Jones at three, um, especially with Kyle Shanahan. But uh, you know the first the first text I think that went in our our group uh, talking to Danny here, I think it was uh, one of the guys that's in our four person group that said Kyle Shanahan clearly knows who the hell he wants, and I I do agree. Like Kyle Shanahan's one of the smartest coaches in the NFL. Um, but I, I really would be completely shocked and dumbfounded if it was Mac Jones. And, I mean, Matt, are you feeling the same way about that? I don't know if I would be completely shocked. But if you're talking about Kyle Shanahan, who apparently has wanted Kirk Cousins for two or three years, I mean, does this guy really fit what Shanahan wants to do? I know it's really a run-first offense that uh, – takes advantage of a lot of uh, play action and movement and and bootlegs and everything and I wouldn't necessarily call Mac Jones an athlete I think he's you know not exactly a burner or anything but I'd probably put it maybe around 25 30 percent chance that they could draft Mac Jones personally do I think it's smoke I do uh, I remember I first text you uh, maybe a couple of minutes after the deal happened I said Justin Fields to the 49ers like without even hesitation uh, I think he's – you can even make an argument he's the second-best quarterback in this draft class. Uh, I, I think that he's ultimately the choice. If they gave up so much, they have to know what they want. And like you guys were saying, uh, Mac Jones is a name not really going inside the top three. Uh, maybe people are floating around Carolina somewhere around the 8-12 to 12 range. Uh, I don't think you had to trade up that high to get him. So I, I think it's probably Justin Fields. and. Little little shocked if they draft Mac Jones, but not a complete shock. All right, so I I, I do agree that it is Justin Fields. I think he's going to be the guy at three. Um, so with Mac Jones being the most surprising, how shocked would would you guys be if it was Trey Lance? And uh, I'll start, and I I'll say if I had to divvy it up between those three guys, um, in terms of shock value. Um, I would be least shocked, obviously, with Justin Fields because I do think that's the pick. 
I won't say I'd be completely shocked if it was Trey Lance. Um, I, I would be a little surprised. Um, but if it was Mac Jones, I, on a scale of one to 10, I'd be shocked at probably about a seven, um, as opposed to Lance who would probably be about a three and a half maybe. Um, so I, I guess let's turn it back to you, Matt. What's, uh, if it happened to be Lance, I mean, how shocked would you be in that situation? I don't think I would be as shocked as I would be if it was Mac Jones, like you were saying, only because the profile of Trey Lance sort of fits what we think Kyle Shanahan wants in a quarterback where he has that mobility. Uh, The one thing I'll say about Trey Lance is you better be damn sure you did your homework and know who you're drafting and know that he's going to be a sure thing. Because if you take him and pass on somebody like Justin Fields, who's, you know, played in Division One, played in the Big Ten, has played on the biggest stages. Now, I, I will be the first one to tell you, I haven't seen a lick of Trey Lance's games, haven't watched. So I can only really go off of what other analysts are saying. And, you know, he looks to be pretty good from, from the few things I have seen. But you really better have done your homework. But he, he does fit what Shanahan wants in an offense, you would think. Well, the other dynamic, too, is the fact that whoever they draft is not starting this season. He's already come out and said that Jimmy G is their guy for this year. Um, so I do think if, if assuming it is a quarterback, um, because we were kind of talking about this before we started, when I brought up the Jamar Chase thing, you know, you're not giving up the farm for a receiver. You're, you're doing that for a quarterback. Um, so, and whether it's a one or two year thing, who knows, but yeah, I mean, Jimmy G's the guy, so you have time to develop. So if it is a guy like Trey Lance, I think that would make sense, even if it's Justin Fields, because there's a lot of questions with him, too, that have been brought up uh, in the last couple of years. A lot of people don't, aren't necessarily sold on Justin Fields. Um, but, uh, Danny, what about you? I mean, uh, as far as being shocked in terms of if it was Trey Lance, what what's your pulse on that? Um, Not shocked, because, I again, I think uh, – like for me, I have Fields as my number two quarterback overall. Um, I had Lance and Wilson kind of interchangeable at three and four. Um, if they go Lance, that just means that, you know, like you said, Shanahan, Shanahan, he knows something we don't. Um, I kind of agree with, you know, Matt in the sense of, you know, he was talking about I haven't seen him play. Well, because – he, he hasn't played, you know, he played one game last year, like I said. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, is the level of play he's gone against, but we've seen that that's kind of a thing of the past, so to speak, you, you know, some of the smaller schools are able to be competitive in the NFL. Now um, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd, I'll t- I'd say this. I'd be shocked if they went Mac Jones, if they, Went Trey Lance, okay, Shanahan knows what he's doing. You know, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, the only other thing to add to your pass-catching guy, I don't think it's a receiver. Um, like you said, there's a lot of them. But if I'm going to play that game with you, Mike, just in a theoretical standpoint, I mean, talk about a jaw-dropper if they traded up for um, Pitts out of Florida, Kyle Pitts, to go with uh, – George Kittle, baby. That would be disgusting. Well, considering I think Pitt said the other day um, his goal is to be the greatest of all time, and he thinks he will be or something like that. Um, So it would be interesting if they did go Pitts. I mean, I don't think it happens, but, dude, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think that'd be foolish for spending that kind of capital to get him. I agree, but but – Seeing Kittle and Pitts on one offense together, that would be something fucking special. What a tag team duo. to see that. Yeah. Well, and what be even more interesting is I think it's pretty clear cut that Belichick's going heavy tight end this this season after what he did this offseason, uh, obviously with the Patriots getting uh, Hunter Henry and uh, who was the second? I forgot. Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Smith. That's right. Hunter was the second. What's that? Technically, Hunter was the second. Yeah, you're, you're right. But um, – yeah, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, you know, it's it's crazy to think about because, I mean, 
one of the greatest well from a DVO, DVOA standpoint statistically speaking the 2010 Patriots offense was the most efficient and greatest offense of all time and that was when they had Gronk and Hernandez and that's when they started going to um Joker 22 and 12 personnel as heavy sets and yeah. um it would be crazy to sort of see that unfold it, but then you got be- Kyle Shanahan who's another marks or a mastermind if you will offensive mastermind who's like okay cool yeah Give me Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. Let's see how you can match that shit. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you do take, you know, Ayuk and Debo Samuel, you know, who might as well just be running backs lining up out at wide receiver. Like, God bless the cornerback that gets excited to tackle. Those <laughs> God bless the out. secondary trying to defend those four. <laughs> That's what I mean. So, so I know we're just playing, hey, theoreticals, but man, you want to talk about a jaw-dropping – you know, butt pucker pick. That's yeah. <laughs> well, it's I guess a fan. I don't know if you'd be excited, but you also wouldn't be mad. <laughs> so, it's just seriously. <laughs> but okay, so, all right. Um, with I guess some of the other quarterbacks. Um, so obviously, let's assume that you know it is because we're in agreement here that it's going to be Lawrence Wilson fields so that leaves you with trey lance mac jones like as far as the ideal landing spots like one of the interesting things i saw on a uh, mock recently was i think it was uh denver getting mac jones and i'm curious about that and i think i had this conversation with matt recently about drew Locke because i think i do think the four uh i'm sorry the broncos I don't know that they're going to give up on Drew Locke just yet. I think there was a lot of injuries that happened last year that maybe hindered it because they went super heavy into the passing game last year. I mean, um, they got Jerry Judy. They got Hamler. uh, Cortland Sutton went out for the season. Then you have um, Noah Fant over there at tight end. There's a lot of weapons um, for – uh, lock that he has at his disposal. I, I and I thought the Broncos would be a better team last year, but I did see one mock having Mac Jones potentially land there, and I thought that was interesting. Um, so let me turn the floor over and see. You know what are what are some ideal landing spots? Let's start with, uh, or let's just talk about them both in general. You know, um, Mac Jones and uh, Trey Lance. What's some ideal landing spots? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe slightly surprised if you saw four quarterbacks doing the first four picks. Um, but that being said, Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. Atlanta, maybe they look. I can see Lance going there. Um, ultimately, I think he's a perfect fit for Carolina. Um, I just think he could be elect- electric with uh, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, all those guys. Um, so I would say there, as far as him sliding – Man, if you're the Eagles, would you love for uh, him to fall and you have a nice little quarterback competition with Jalen Hurts um, at 12? You get to, you know, pull a uh, a draft day trade that allows you to move back six spots, still get a, a guy like that. Um, but I would say that's probably it. To me, Mac Jones um, – you guys have seen the the clips, I'm sure, of him, you know, pulling his shirt up. The guy looks like me as far as his stomach goes, um, which means he's perfect for New England. You guys remember the Tom Brady picture at the Combine? He, he looked like the guy that just got his ass kicked by Ben Affleck and Goodwill Hunting, like the uncut. <laughs> uh, so I could see him being perfect in New England. We all know that Belichick loves smoke screens. See the dog at the table at last year's draft. Um, for him to be shaking no, shaking his head no, I don't know. I, I could see him being there. Um, as far as how far could he slide, he, I think he is the one guy that could slide out of the first round. But it's just because it's like you were saying, Mike, you know, um, when we were talking earlier, you know, Drew Locke. Everyone thought he, there was a chance he could be traded. Jimmy G could be traded. 
we talked about Minshew um, before we came on the, you know, the uh, podcast. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that could have new teams come round one that aren't necessarily coming out of college. So I could see him falling, you know, as far as second round, early second round. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and take the crack at it and then I'll turn it over to you, Matt. But um, yeah, you know, you mentioned, so unpacking a little bit of that, Trey Lance going to Carolina. Um, I've seen him land there on a couple of mocks and that's ideal. I'd love to see that. I mean, obviously that means Teddy's probably out of a job there, which looks like he's going to be regardless. Um, but I, I'd love to see Trey Lance in Carolina. I think that's a, that would be a fun fit. Um I think going there with that coaching staff and those weapons, as you already mentioned, with uh, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, um, you know, I I just think Lance feels like a good fit over there. Um, And that would just – that's the speed on that offense would be ungodly. Um, But then uh, as far as Mac Jones, I'm kind of looking at some of the teams – I, I don't know if Mac Jones will fall out of the first round. I think the furthest he slides, and that's assuming we don't, of course, get trade-ups, as that's always potential. Um, but one spot I really keyed in on was Pittsburgh at 24. Big Ben's not getting any younger. They don't have the answer for life after Big Ben. And they got lucky last year keeping him healthy for as long as they did, but he wasn't good towards the back half. That offense sucked in the back half of the season. Um, so I was really looking at that. I don't know that he gets past them, and if they do, it might be foolish to pass him up because I think they – them more desperately than anybody need to start looking at life after their quarterback. Danny. Mike, can I, can I ask you a question, though? So if you're Pittsburgh, right – Let's assume you're sitting there at 24. You know you need a quarterback. Um, does it make sense for you to take Mac Jones? Or, you know, do you wait for someone like the Jets to say, hey, we'll give you Darnold for a third or fourth? Um, you know, take it or leave it. You know, so is Pittsburgh one of those teams that could be the beneficiary of the, the quarterback carousel? Possibly. I mean, but it also depends on who's willing to uh, to trade up. I mean, that's assuming the Jets have someone there that they really want, too. So, um, I mean, aside from that, just looking at some of these teams, and, of course, uh, you know, there are a couple of teams, I believe, without first-round picks. But, um, you know, at this point, unless the Falcons are looking to make a splash and trade up, which I don't know how much draft capital they have, obviously that's someone who's looking at quarterbacks like you had mentioned. But, yeah, I mean – I. I could see it. Chicago, I think, would be potentially the biggest. Uh, well, actually, they pick at 20. So maybe they're, they're the ones that break the ceiling on Mac Jones, too. So it, it's going to be interesting because once he starts sliding in that first round, you do have the Chicago, uh, the Chicago's and Pittsburgh's of the world who do need a quarterback. So um, I, I just I don't know. Like, I, I really can't see Mac Jones sliding out of the first. Um, but Matt, what's, what's your take, man? So I think Pittsburgh is a very good call by you. And so is Chicago. Actually, I think Chicago, you have Andy Dalton right now as your quote unquote QB one. How are you going to pass on somebody like Mac Jones, especially if you're Ryan Pace. And Can I interject really quick? One of the funniest stories of the off season was Chicago tw- tweeting out QB one with the picture of Andy <laughs> Dalton and everyone just unloading on. How defeated are you if you're like a Bears fan and you see that? Do you just like say this year is a mulligan? <laughs> well, dude, I got a guy in uh, one of my other fantasy leagues, and I just shit on him for being a Bears fan the whole time because uh, he he. Uh, message the group or whatever about Andy Dalton. And I'm like, congratulations, man. Maybe this will finally be the year your quarterback cracks 4,000 yards. Like, <laughs> get the fuck. Like, you're the only franchise in the NFL without a QB who can throw for 4,000 yards. What the fuck is going on? But, um, oh, dude, it's dead. That was one of the funniest tweets of the offseason by far. But I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I had to throw that, that in there. I love that Max called it QB1, um, just like they did. Especially yeah. <laughs> considering that the QB one is someone that 
I really thought died on the field last year. It's scary, scary injury. But yeah, Matt, but, uh, go ahead. Continue with your thought after we had to interrupt for uh, yeah, some Andy Dalton news. But uh, as far as the floor, too, I think uh, Washington picks right before the Bears at number 19. It wouldn't be crazy to see them also take a look. I mean, what do you have, Terry Heineke on the team? And did uh, did they get Fitzpatrick? Yeah. That, that signed them? Yeah, I mean, you don't really have, I don't think, a long-term answer there. So it wouldn't really be shocking if they went from somebody like Mac Jones. But I'd hate to be chalky with the Trey Lance thing, but I think also Carolina is – a fantastic landing spot they said they want some you know the owner wants some juice and some sizzle for the franchise and you know why not this guy who looks from what at least we've seen with his tape and everything he looks pretty fantastic and run can throw the ball everything you want in uh you know today's quarterback and as much as i'm not a drew lock fan and and mike you know this i don't think the broncos will necessarily pass on him this year i think they pr- probably try to run it back uh one more year Maybe they try to go after a guy a little bit later in the draft, maybe like a Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond in round two or round three, maybe something like that. But uh, I also think the Patriots could be a really good landing spot for Mac Jones. Uh, I could see them kind of scooping him up. I'd like to see what Bill Belichick can do with him. Obviously, he's pretty good at working with quarterbacks that don't have really any athleticism at all, if we, uh, as we've seen with Tom Brady. So, you know, I like this see maybe Patriots, Mac Jones, and then uh, Trey Lance to uh, the Panthers. All right, so turning away from the quarterbacks, let's let's dive into some other positions here, as most of the podcast has been quarterbacks, because, well, that's the highest talking point right now in this quarter, or this draft is going to revolve around them. Um, but outside of the quarterback position, I mean, who's the biggest splash you think um, – in this draft, I mean, who who outside of those quarterbacks is the guy you would want um, on your franchise? And uh, Matt, I'll start with you. So it's it's probably a toss up right now with me with uh, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. One end you have Kyle Pitts, who is basically a freak. I don't even know if you can necessarily classify him as a tight end because he's so fast, so big so fluid through his routes that he can almost probably play wide receiver and whoever drafts him, I'm sure they probably are going to play him some sets at wide receiver. It wouldn't surprise me. And then you have Jamar chase, a guy who, you know, popped with Joe uh, Joe Burrow had an absolutely dynamite year in the national championship bullied the Falcons starting cornerback this year and also bullied the Cowboys starting cornerback this year and also bullied, you know, other guys that are currently starting in the NFL. So I think if you can get either one of those guys, you're, you're set. Those are elite prospects. And I think they're probably pro bowlers, if not first year, second year. Yeah, I think it's uh, for me. I mean, I think those are the one, a one B that most people are talking about, but I do think the one a is the definitive one a, and that that's Jamar chase. Um, you know, I, I know he's getting hype, and this is really stupid. I hate that I'm bringing it up, but he's also got the tape to prove it. But uh, his combine or his uh, pro day um, that he just did, uh, all the drills, like he's just – he's such a fucking athlete. Um, but he gets it done on the field too. He gets it done on tape. Um, and I, I think you brought up a great point with the number of cornerbacks, the number of NFL highly ranked draft day cornerbacks that he has completely obliterated. Um, and it's just another case of another uh, Louisiana guy who is looking like he can light up the NFL. Um, but what one interesting dynamic I do want to bring up with Jamar Chase really quick. Justin Jefferson, obviously. He was a lot of people's rookie of the year this year. Him and Justin Herbert were pretty much head-to-head, tick for tack. Um, I don't think anyone is upset about Justin Herbert winning, and I don't think anyone would have been super upset about Justin Jefferson winning. Um, But that's another cool thing is, you know, Jefferson was what? the I I forget which receiver he was taking last year, but – 
Um, maybe the fifth, fourth, he was something. Like 19th pick or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he went late first round, but obviously Jamar Chase is, uh, Jamar Chase isn't falling out of the top 10. We know that. Um, but dude, I think he's a game changer, man. He's one of, uh, pound for pound. I think he's, he's one of the best receivers. I think that's come out in recent years. Um, there was obviously the hype train with, uh, Devonte Smith with Alabama this year because, he became one of the few wide receivers to win the Heisman. Um, and he's great, but I think head and shoulders. I, I, I do think Jamar Chase is that guy in this draft. That's uh, as far as positional guys go, he he's my 1A and my only 1A. Um, and I even with Kyle Pitts, I think Kyle Pitts is lacking. So I, I would say Jamar Chase. Now, what about you, Danny? How are you feeling? Yeah, so I, I think I I love Jamar. I'm a big fan. I would love to see the reunion in Cincinnati with him and Joey B. Oh, it would uh, be great. Lo- I'd a, blow a load if that happened. Well, there was a meme I saw the other day um, where it is Joey B. Um, Penn A. Sewell blocking for, and then it says. <laughs> The receiver's literally anybody. And then it says right underneath it, Joey B, literally anybody blocking for him, Jamar Chase. And it's Joey B just getting absolutely demolished, you know, X's over his eyes in the cartoon. And Jamar's just like, hey, when do I get the ball? You know? Um, <laughs> Panay Sewell um, really stands out at me because it – I think it's it's almost like the quarterback thing, right? So what I mean by that is there are probably a half dozen tackles in this draft that could be deemed starting caliber, you know, in the first, let's call it 40 picks. Um, but Sewell is clearly the number one in any mock draft you, you see. Um, you know, the other guys are all interchangeable in and out of the first round. You know, Darisol, Cosme, um, I'm a big fan of Jalen Mayfield uh, out of Michigan, you know? Um, so I think he's the guy that, man, if you're not looking for a quarterback and you have probably the second or third most talented player in the draft fall to you at five, six, seven, uh, you're running up to the podium again, right? Um, so I think that's a big thing. The other thing, um, I guess the other position – Similar to it, not as deep as far as the first two rounds, but it's got to be cornerback. You know, um, you're you're looking at Caleb Farley, um, J.C. Horn, Joe Horn's son. You know, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. So basically, if your dad played in the NFL, you can play cornerback, and you're probably getting drafted in the first forty picks. Um, that's and just how- Antoine Winfield Jr. Bucks yeah. Super Bowl champion. So Second. Now we have- so now it's data driven. Okay. So we can all agree and move on from that. <laughs> now it's data driven. I love it. Data. D A D. Copyright. Dad. Dad. D A D U H actually. Um, but I, I like that. Um, you know, it, it's weird. I was looking at the draft and there's probably only four or five positions that really go in the first round. I mean, yeah, you might see, you know, ETN sneak in as a running back or something like that. Wyatt Davis, a guard, get it. Not that guards typically go high in the draft, but I mean, Hey, Quentin Nelson. He's the youngest of 39 cousins. There it is. So, um, so I think it's, those are the two things, right. And um, if you guys hadn't talked about pits and chase at length, I would piggyback right on it. Um, But looking at the other things, Sewell, I think is a home run of the left tackle. And then, like I said, if you do need secondary help, and it's not just corner. If you need, like, Trayvon Mooring at a TCU, as a Jags fan, I would love for him to be there. You know, pick 25, pick, you know. All right, shut up. You're talking about the Jags. No one cares. Um, so, no, but uh, Sewell, I'm, you know, uh, talking about the Bengals. If they go anything other than Sewell at five, unless he's not there, they're idiots, especially after what happened when last year with Burrow. That was terrible. Um, Joe Thomas 2.0. Yeah. And 
Well, you know, when you were talking about the offensive lineman, it's interesting uh, because Sewell obviously head and shoulders is the guy in this class. Last year, there was uncertainty, much like we're seeing with the quarterbacks this year. That's how it was with offensive line last year. You had four mega big name tackles um, with uh, obviously Andrew Thomas going first, which everyone was like classic Gettleman. Like, what are you doing? Um, Mecky Becton. Um, Tristan worse. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So you had four huge names, um, but you know, Sewell is the guy this year. So, I mean, and at the end of the day, I think more teams are trying to build in the trenches right now um, because you look at the best teams around the league, they win up front. And I mean, that's not, that's cliche. And that's obviously something that doesn't really ever change. Um, but you know, you look at how good the Saints have been taking it to the team that, you know, the three of us probably more so are familiar with, uh, you know, than than most teams. They have a great D-line. They have a great offensive line. And that's why they've been so successful the last four years. Um, but, um, yeah, so Sewell, Chase, Pitts, I mean, I think that's the pretty much the definitive three. Um, you know, as far as some of the other positions and some of the other teams that are going to be picking towards the back half of the, or I'm sorry, the back half of the top 10, um, you know, that's where the trades come into play, obviously. Um, one, one person that I, I do want to bring up and it's something that I'm from a nostalgic standpoint, I'm excited to see. I want to see what Micah Parsons does in the NFL because I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about this because from a historical relevance standpoint and from, um, you know, a college football standpoint, Penn State, linebacker, you, that's a name that is forgotten now. You know, when's the last time Penn State produced a good linebacker? Paul Puzlozny? And I mean, he was good, but he wasn't great. Um, so... It's been a while, so you know. Let's let's bring up this. I guess this is a fun storyline to talk about. Does Micah, does Micah Parsons, you know, break the? I don't want to call it a curse, but break the the drought of Penn State linebackers. And one of the uh, mock drafts that uh, I saw that I was looking at right before here um, had him, I believe, going to the Giants. Um, at 11. So right outside of the top 10, you know, so Michael Parsons, you know, where does he go? And is he going to give Penn state some linebacker you credibility again, Danny, I'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't see him going um, to the, to the giants. I think the giants and the Eagles are very similar teams in this. If they don't go wide receiver, I really think that there's going to be riots in their perspective cities because they both desperately need it. And you're probably looking at guys like Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith, um, both being there, you know, um, as far as you think you know, Smith will be there after the top 10. I mean, if we all think Pitts is going there and then Lance gets taken up by Carolina, I think there's a chance. You're forgetting one team, though, that I think is pretty sound on going receiver. Detroit? Detroit. Because they did, didn't they? They just lost Galladay, correct? Two and Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they also lost Stafford and replaced him with Goff. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Like, come on. Matt Patricia did get fired, right? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember for a second, but I was going to say. Bless his heart, but still, either way, bless his heart. Not back in New England, if I'm not mistaken. Patricia's back in New England. Oh, well, that makes sense. I, That's probably where he belongs because he's not a head coach. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I. I see it as, you know, if, if you're Detroit, maybe, but I just don't think either of them are a good fit for that that scheme. You know. Um. As far as Parsons goes, I mean, man, he's one of those guys that could slide 
pretty substantial just because, like we said, there's a lot of other positions that are sky high in the draft. Um, I think if you're going to bring back linebacker you send him to to Vegas, you know, recreate the black hole, so to speak, and let him be a Raider that just holds it down for years to go. Um, the other spot, you know, if, if you're all out of the guys you want, um, you know, Washington's building a great defense. I think that's a natural fit for him. Um, Except Chase Young. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I just see somewhere like that. Um, wouldn't, you know, if the Giants go with him at 12, I think they get the pick right. But that being said, they need receivers bad. I mean, their number one ride receiver's been Golden Tate. I think they signed Corey Davis, but the deal kind of got laughed at compared to the rest of the market. Great signing. Huge signing. Big blockbuster signing. Yeah, exactly. Picking up on your start, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what about you? All right, so let's – Let's get your take on good old Micah Parsons. Is linebacker you coming back? So I think the first real shot he has at going will probably be the Broncos, depending on what they decide to do. You know, when I think of the Broncos, for whatever reason, I just think of Al Wilson in that middle, just, you know, knocking the crap out of the ball, Karen. I don't know. I like it. He's going to play the middle linebacker position. He might play the will. But I just think of good linebackers when I think of Denver. I think another spot's obviously the Eagles, but like Danny was saying, I think especially with me living here and hearing what people have to say that are uh, Eagles fans, they'll probably burn the entire city down and try to murder Howie Roseman. So <laughs> probably think they go receiver there. Um, doesn't he just sound like a, a patriot to you, though? Like how much fun would Bill Belichick have with somebody as versatile as Michael Parsons who can stuff the run who can kind of blitz off the edge too and probably give you a little bit off the edge. Uh, I, I think, you know, Patriots could be a really good landing spot if, if they decide to go away from quarterback, which I think they could do. But uh, if you're talking floor, uh, especially with me wearing this Browns jersey, I don't think he gets past the Browns, especially with a gigantic need at linebacker. I, I liked Mac Wilson last year. He showed me he could do a little bit, but if you can get somebody like Parsons who can – maybe even anchor that defense. I know they have Miles Garrett, but but having just a solid linebacker that can, you know, call everything from the line of scrimmage, I think that'd be a huge get. And I really can't see him going past the Browns. Now going, I guess another question, and then I'll open it up to just general storylines that you guys want to kind of touch on. Um, but one storyline that I want to touch on is the Miami Dolphins. So it's no secret. Brian Flores has been unbelievable. The turnaround of that team in this short time, it's only been two seasons he's been there. You know, they win five games in year one on a roster that should have won minus two. Like, they, they shouldn't have won a single game. That roster was miserable. Um, they, won, they went five and 11. Uh, last year, they, they hit double digits. They missed the playoffs, obviously. Um, they had a must win in the final week of the season. Couldn't get it done. Um but nonetheless, like I was still saying, I'm not mad if Brian Flores wins coach of the year. Um, so the Dolphins have turned it around. They're sitting on the cards in the first round. Um, they, they've, they have just done a fantastic job, not only getting the right coach, but also building with draft capital and actually capitalizing on it, unlike Danny's Jags. Um, so get fucked, Danny. Uh, that's pretty much my shot at you for this podcast but they're sitting at six um which is prime position i i mean if jamar chase is there i think he's the guy that they go with i don't think that's even much of a question um and then they're picking again uh in the teens um i believe unless they when's their next pick night 18 18 um so the the one I want to see them get, so obviously two is going to need some help. Um, and I think this is really a make or break year for two. He's going to have to improve. I think the offensive line was fair. 
Um, it wasn't bad last year at all. I feel like they did a good job up front. So upgrading those positional pieces. And this is, I think, the consensus with most mock drafts, and I hope it's the two that they get. But I really hope it ends up being Jamar Chase and then Travis Etienne. Um, because now you're getting great running back to help two out someone who's actually great in the receiving game also obviously a good runner um but then you get the my guy for the best non-quarterback in this draft so that's what i'm hoping they do but dolphins i think are one of the most interesting teams in round one uh for that thursday so um I'll turn it over to you, Matt. I saw you give me the sort of prayer hands when I mentioned Travis Etienne. So what's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, at least when I look at the offense, uh, you could think maybe an offensive lineman if they want to, you know, go upgrade. I thought it was at least solid to average, which... Well, and they, they upgraded a lot of it last year um, in the draft. That was one of the things that I was curious about last year, and I believe I talked about it on the podcast we did last year, was... Are they going to go offensive line? They, they spent did. the capital. Yeah. So, um, but I think offensive line, I mean, obviously they're not the number one offensive line, so you can always improve. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're they fair. They're fair up front. I think they're fair enough for Tua. So, um, but those positional pieces I think are huge. So, um, real, you know, real quick. So, wh- what do you hope to see out of them in round one? So, if, if you're – same what I hope to see. I hope it's ETN. I think he's he's really good out of the backfield. He's got better speed than I think maybe some of us would have thought, at least straight line. And and I think he's he fits today's NFL with, with what he does. I think he's a patient runner. I think he's got that home run speed. Also wouldn't really be upset if they went Najee Harris. I like Najee Harris a lot. I think he also gives you some uh you know, some catches out of the backfield. Also a good runner, probably doesn't as big as he is. I wish he'd run a little bit more, you know, straight up and try to run through people than try to dance around them. But I think running back, if you look at that offense, that's the really just big question mark they have right now. I'm not sure if I trust uh, who they they had Salvin Ahmed last year and uh, Miles Gaskin not necessarily household names. If you play fantasy, you might know who they are. <laughs> but uh, I think running back's uh, a really, you know, really big question mark. And then if they don't go running back, it honestly could just be best player available. If you're sitting there, like you said, 18, who's going to fall? Is it going to be some great corner that falls? Is it going to be some top-notch offensive lineman? Or, you know, for whatever reason, is Jalen Waddle going to be there? You, you just don't know. Well, not if they go chase very early, you know, obviously, but you just, you know, you play who's there. Danny, Dolphins, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I think with, you know, that first pick, it is Jamar Chase. You know, I think you'd be foolish not to. Let's say Sewell somehow falls there. If you're taking – the best available player at six, that's probably the best at two. I don't go against it, but I think Jamar Chase ends up being that pick. Um, I I actually disagree with you guys with the 18th pick. Um, and the reason being is kind of what Matt was saying. Um, you have Najee Harris. You have Travis Etienne. I look at them as one and one A, and I don't know which one is one A. Um, you're going to pick – you know, very early in the second round, I think you can probably get one of those guys. Also, running backs in this year's draft are, are pretty pretty solid. You know, you have the two out of North Carolina, um, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. I like both of them. Um, Trey Sermon's in this draft. Chuba Hubbard. Um, Khalil Herbert, I think is his name. You got the kid out of Buffalo, it, it's a fairly deep draft as far as running backs. And if you are, if you do have Gaskins, um, you know, can you go with committee? And also I do feel like running backs, a, a roster cut position. You can, you know, find someone in there. Um, I would love to see Miami address the edge. Um, you know, Kyle Vinoy didn't work out there. A lot of money for one year. Um, you have 
two edge rushers out of the University of Miami and Greg Russo and um, is it Jalen Phillips? Um, if Russo fell to you at, at 18, I would take him. Um, you know, just because I, I, I think it's the NFL, you know, it's cliched, but you can never have too many edge rushers. Absolutely you know? not. Um, and if you're getting a hometown talent, well, that's a pretty easy sell to the fans, you know? Well, it's uh, interesting about the edge rush position too this year, um, is both the edge rushers that are supposed to be quote unquote one, a one B and the top two that go in this draft. You mentioned one, uh, Russo out of Miami, um, which six, seven, 265. I mean, obviously that's a freakish build. So just from a just from a standpoint of specimen, you're probably thinking, oh, okay, holy shit, let's go. But um, he's a sophomore, you know? Um, and then your other one who is out of Penn, um out of Penn State, oh, and okay. that's uh oh wait, yeah. Yeah. Another sophomore. I, I find that little well, tidbit interesting that it's two very young talents too yeah. and the other one that comes to to mind for me is uh the kid out of michigan what's his name quitty um pay or paye or you know quitty pay i think is his name p-a-y-e um so raw yeah and and i've you know you're hitting on a lot of things um because i feel like that's the edge rushers in this draft there's not a lot of polish behind them um Personally, I feel like that's think, edge my, most years, though. There's usually yeah, not yeah, many guys who are sure edge rushers. Well, because if you're an edge rusher in college, you're going based on freakish athletic ability, mm-hmm. right? Um, Might be a tweet or something think, like that. Yeah, I think Russo's probably, and in a lot of like mock drafts, he's like the second or third off the board. Um, but I think he's the most pro-ready Um and I, he does just fit that he should go right around where Miami picks. Um, and he's from the U. I mean, come on. Like, why does – why do the Dolphins come across, you know, down in Miami, they seem very, like, I don't know about you guys, but just kind of clean, dry, bland, you know. And you have the U right there. Like, give me some Jimmy Johnston, Michael Irvin, like, can we get a little bit of, of just attitude? Because I feel now, here's a guy who had a crack pipe on the sideline. Exactly. Like <laughs> a little crack pipe will lead to at least 10 wins. <laughs> uh, I need to see some shirts rolled up and belly buttons again. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, and and to speak on it, you know, I, I actually think that's why um Chase and Russo would be awesome there, is they do have a little bit of swagger, a little bit of charisma, you know. Um, bring it in. You know why not? What do you have to lose? Like now, as we're uh, as we're wrapping up here, um, let's let's go ahead and throw it to the round table. Um, just some overall thoughts. Uh, whether it's draft day traditions, whether it's things you want to talk about with the draft, we got a couple of minutes left here. Um, Danny, I'll throw it over to you. Um, the floor is yours. You get one minute. Let's go anything you want to talk about. And I'm even giving you the option for Jags if you want to, and then I'll fill or buster it. I, I hope not Jags. Um, I believe it's seven picks in the first four rounds. I hope we don't spend all seven picks. I'd love to move up and get some talent. Um, last year we had 11 picks and got a lot of good um, depth guys, you know, got some, some starters out of it. Um, obviously I'm excited with Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's probably 20 seconds. I'll stop talking about the Jags. Uh, honestly, here's what I'm excited about the draft. Even though Lawrence isn't going to be in attendance, it's a live draft. It's, it's going to be live. It's going to be guys going up to the podium. I believe, um, I'm excited about that. I thought they did a great job with it last year, but I'm excited to see the guys with the caps and jerseys. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what the Jags do. I'm also excited to see the trades. That's the other thing about the draft. Love the trades. 
All right, Matt, over to you, man. You get a minute here. Let's go. All right, so I'll go ahead and piggyback off of Danny for the beginning and say I'm very interested to see what the trades will be. Uh, I, I think trades are something we see may, maybe a little bit more often than we used to see before, so really interested to see that. Uh, interested to see who gets my uh, quote-unquote what-the-fuck award for their first pick. Dave Gettleman. Yeah, who's just really head-scratching and everything like that. Uh, the quarterback controversy with you know the top five quarterbacks in the draft, where the hell do they go? I think that's probably the biggest headline for everybody uh, going into this draft. Uh, and then something I also like to see is where do the defensive guys go? People kind of forgetting about the defense in this draft. Everybody's worried about the offensive skill positions and quarterbacks. I'd really like to see who ends up getting these really great defensive players that I think can litter this, uh, this first round and maybe even early into the second. And I guess for me, uh, the, the biggest takeaway for draft day – I'm really excited to sit down. I already, I already told Danny this. So it's it, luckily my work schedule has been having me off on Thursdays, which means Michael gets to watch all day draft coverage wall to wall once again for the third year in a row. I believe it's going to be glorious. And um, first and foremost, Fonte Mac. No matter what, my day is going to start with watching draft day. Uh, and I think this year is going to be a little bit difficult because of, of course, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. It's going to be the first time I watched that movie since his passing. So that's going to be tough. But, um, you know, as always, Vontae Mack, no matter what. And um, as far as the draft goes, I mean, I'm pretty much with you guys. I'm excited for the trades. I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, with the recent news of all 22 starters returning, for the Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'd like to say, first and foremost, go Bucks! And for anyone listening who uh, might say, oh, yeah, I thought you were a Saints fan. You know what? Until Tom Brady leaves, fuck the Saints. Go Bucks! And with that being said, it's been another great episode of the Hotard Huddle podcast. Matt, Danny, I appreciate you guys coming on. And... We'll be back again in two weeks for another mock draft. Last year I had a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to that again. Uh, just to kind of refresh for those of you who may be listening, we basically pick a couple of teams. We rotate between each other, and we take those teams so we can implement some sort of strategy. Drades are involved. We draft the people we see fit. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it, and we'll be doing that for the next episode for part two of – the Hotard Huddle Podcast Draft Special, which I love every fucking year. As always, honor the huddle for Danny Hillman and Matt Lavitu. I'm Mike Hotard. And if you're not watching the NFL Draft, well, you can go fuck yourself. Honor the huddle. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on all major platforms such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss any updates from HotardHuddle.com by going to the website and subscribing to our email list. You can also follow Hotard Huddle on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle. As always, honor the huddle.